This is Fed Up, the podcast by Falcon Nutrition, and I'm your host, Jason Falcon. This podcast will feature coaches, current and former clients, industry colleagues and peers, as well as a handful of others that we feel will bring value to your life as you continue on your nutrition journey. Enjoy, thank you for listening, and let's have some fun. All right, episode 15. Coming at you, I guess not live. We're recording it live, and no, it's not live. That was tacky. Oh, well. It was a good try. Um, Carrie is back with me. Hey, Carrie. Hey. How are you? Hey. Um, I'm good. I'm good. Happy Friday. Carrie is walking on her walking treadmill. I'm sitting on top of a bar stool on top of my walking treadmill. Um, (laughs) That's a good use. I have been super active all day, and as I was telling Carrie, I'm actually trying to... um, not be quite as active today because I have a big big weekend of stuff coming up. Um, so Carrie is back. Carrie uh, always brings it. Um, her her episode I share with people all of the time on routine balance and going to the extremes. It tends to be extremely popular. And today is going to be shorter, uh, but it's going to be short, I think short and sweet. Short and sweet. Yeah, it's going to be really info packed. What Carrie. Uh, really really brings to the table especially for today's episode is she's got a awesome perspective that she sees day to day because she coaches here with us she's an amazing member of our staff she's also a physical therapist and she works in a clinic so she can she can kind of see similar things um through different lenses and maybe some some cause and effect scenarios playing out and and reactive things versus proactive maybe that they could have been um so carrie texted me and she was like jason i have all these ideas burning that i i just want you to not talk i'm going to talk the whole time um, oh i, I and don't so think i said that but <laughs> over to you over to you carrie <laughs> what you got <laughs> what do you got start talking um no i mean i think I, I i actually don't work in a clinic really anymore since i took a new job but um the job that i have now um, sort of, I mean, it's sort of the culmination of a lot of the jobs I've had in the past as a physical therapist. I mean, for many years, I, for 17 years, I worked in a nursing home and that is eye-opening, um, in terms of really seeing the long-term effects of metabolic disease. And we know that metabolic diseases are basically self-inflicted things, generally speaking, most long-term metabolic disease comes about as a result of lifestyle choices. And those can um, center around nutrition. They can also center around uh, lack of exercise and movement. And I know we talked a lot about meat on your last, on your podcast with Dean, which was riveting for me. I loved it because I'm always moving. You can ask any of my clients. I'm almost never still when I'm talking to them. I'm exactly like I'm talking to you right I mean, now. In the, in the background right now, um, to show you how powerful the right role models and the right support system around you, I cannot sit on my bar stool on top of my walking treadmill. So over here, you guys can probably hear me fidgeting. I am now walking because I cannot watch someone walk while I'm sitting still. <laughs> it makes me feel Really Do you know terrible. that just, just a little aside in this, we were just talking about this little tiny treadmill I have, which is small and fits right under my desk and is quiet. Quiet yep. as anything. You can't hear it, right? You cannot hear me on it. No, I asked before we started recording, I asked Carrie if she has some strange audio setup or if I'm in fact, she she's talking and hearing through her computer speakers. 
And yeah. what, three feet below that, she's walking on her treadmill. Um, right. And I cannot hear her moving. I'm hoping it doesn't pick it up and translate through. Um, I, mean, I don't if, think it will. If, if it does, let me know. I'll stop. But if you can no, no, we'll we'll just we'll just re-record tomorrow amongst your busy oh, all weekend. Right. I'll, all right. I'll, I'll say, yeah, hey, your super busy day. Bring what it again, you, Carrie. <laughs> what else would you want to do besides talk to me again? But I mean, from being on this, I would say conservatively, probably six of my clients have bought this. And yeah. I think that it's exactly because of what you just said. Yep. They're watching me walk and looking at the opportunity it presents when when everybody feels like they don't have time. I think that people don't think about how much they sit. It's not, it's just not in your head. You know, you, you, well, we have to sit, right? We have, I've had clients say, well, I can't walk on my treadmill because I have to be on camera. Well, I mean, I get that because in the job I have, which I'm going to get a little bit more into, there are times I have to be on camera, but I also would say that I have another client who has switched to, he doesn't care. He's on camera and he's walking. So he said, I still have the same things to say. I'm still doing the same things. And now people are standing up when I'm talking to them, (laughs) which so you're inspiring other people. No, it is. It's like, you're the, you're the spark for other people. You're starting this movement. It's not weird. It's really weird what we've sort of become. Um, that's, that's more like it. Like first it's weird. First they're asking you like what the heck you're doing. And then they're asking you how you're doing it. So like anything that seems weird at first ends up inspiring a a lot of, a lot, even like the people that lose a lot of weight and, you know, first people say negative things, you know, you need to eat a burger, you need to ha ha ha. And then they're pulling you to the side and say, no, seriously, how how are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I do find if you're the different one in your group, you know, look at that rather than being embarrassed by that. Look at yeah. that be to be the ins- inspiration for somebody. And even yeah. if it isn't, do it anyway, because that's who you're becoming. Yep. So <clears throat> being in the nursing home uh, was very inspiring to me um, in terms of how I do not want to be as I get older. I'm no spring chicken, right? So when you get over the age of 50, you start thinking about things like that. How do I want my next decade to be? I read that somewhere that you should always be thinking, what do you want your next decade to look like? Um, And I think that's a valid question because we're always talking about your future you and how you can't see it, but you should be thinking about what your next, how you want it to be. And are you doing the things that are going to bring about the next decade the way you want it? So what do I want my sixties to look like? Right. Right. Well, I want to be active. You know, at that point I might have grandchildren, my child back there. <laughs> mm, I noticed she's uh, gone from He's the like, game now. <laughs> <laughs> she's not even married yet. And I'm, I'm making her have grandchildren. But I mean, like, what do I want to be for them? I want to be an active person. I want to be able to, you know, engage in life with all of those things. I don't want to have to stop doing anything I do. You know, I like to all, all outdoor activities. I like to do, I mean, you name it. There's almost nothing besides maybe running. I don't like to do that. I will do it, but I don't like it. But so when I think about how I want my next decade to look, here's what I don't want. I don't want to be in the hospital. I don't want to, and of course, things happen that sometimes are out of our control. So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the things, the factors that I can control best I can. So 
you know, I don't want to be in the hospital. I don't want to have my children have to worry about me where, oh my, you know, mom living alone. I mean, sadly, there's people my age and not much older that are in nursing homes that are sick in the hospitals and, and, uh, you know, so that was my start to everything. I mean, I've, I've always been an active person, but that was re- really has pushed me toward being a stronger yep. version of what women used to look like, yep. um, what we have always been conditioned to think we should look like, which is skinny, right? Skinny as small as possible. Um, I, I have gone away from that because... Yep. Um, that's not going to get you that, you know, what that's going to get you osteoporosis. Um, it's, it's, if you went that direction where you're all cardio and you don't want to eat and you're super skinny, you're going to get osteoporosis and be frail and brittle or the other direction. Could you confidently pick up your grandkids at that point? Yeah. Your your grandchild is running toward you. I have actually worked with people when I was in my outpatient clinic, whose goal it was to be able to hold their grandchild on their hip without them sliding down because they couldn't, they couldn't do it, you know? And that's, that was, it was a reasonable goal, but to have people come and tell you that that's makes me sad. You know, if you're in your sixties and you're struggling to hold your grandchild on your hip, that's a pretty profound weakness. Um, and so, you know, we're living longer. How are we preparing for that? Yep. So, um, you know, that sort of, I mean, I suppose being a physical therapist, that's always been my thing, but I, I don't really know if it was until I started working with geriatrics that I really got the sense of what happens when you can't get out of your, so then we have like what I was just talking about when you under eat, and do too much cardio and don't do resistance training, right? Right. Brittle bones and osteoporosis and you fall, you're going to break that hip. No doubt. I'm not trying to be morbid. I'm just telling you facts, right? Yeah. (laughs) Facts, my facts from my career, what I've seen. And then you have the other extreme where, you know, overconsumption leading to diabetes, heart disease, and, and all the things that we know come with that overconsumption, lack of movement, and then you can't get out of your chair. Right. And that is extremely, like it's common, but it leads to now you can't get off your commode. You can't get out of bed. And you think that's not going to be you. And you think YOLO, you know, you only live once, you don't live it up, you know, party time. Well, what do you think your next decade is going to look like with that mantra? Because if you're thinking... And not for you because you're young, but I'm talking to people more my age, <laughs> but I mean, really to, it really does impact your age group as well. Yeah. Because how it starts, people- I mean, it starts, I'm 36 Yeah. where I am today started 10 years ago, where I am when I'm 46 started 20, like, that's right. That's it's like exactly saving, what I'm saying. like that's you can't exactly start soon enough. I mean. Yeah. You know, people um, think all these, these, these physiological physiological changes happen in, in, in 10 days, 10 weeks, 10 months. No, it's when you're committed to your, your body, your lifestyle, yourself, your intake, your, your management, it's, it's life. It's, and it takes years. Well, there is no, there is no reaching a certain weight or body fat level or BMI or, and then you get handed. All right, here's your fitness certificate. You have made it. It is. You can, you can, you know, throttle back now. You have done the work. It's literally. And you know what? 
to a, to an extent, and I think this is like noteworthy because I do often think that people think when we're in this business, when we do this, we just have some kind of secret sauce that they don't have. But the truth is we've been there. I mean, the first time I lost everything, I lost all that. And yeah, there was a period where I gained most of it back because COVID happened. There was no joy in life. <laughs> right. So you know, things start to happen, but it, it became very clear to me how, you know, oh man, I, I, re I really didn't get the golden ticket just because it came off once. Right. Doesn't mean it can't come off again. And then you have the whole, like, you know, now you're disappointed in yourself and now, and then there's like just this whole other, I think Katie was talking about this, uh, you know, a couple of, um, she put something in the Facebook group about that, how it's different. The second and third time you try this, Yep. It's not the same. You're older. Maybe you have different things going on in your life. And what you've lost now is the dopamine hit of the first time you did it, which yep. was like, wow, this is cool. I've never tried anything like this before. I can't believe I'm getting on the scale and it's dropping. You're excited. Second and third time in, you have these huge expectations yep. and it's you, you seem to remember it happening faster, well, even though likely it didn't. Right. I think, I think what happens after the first go round, someone comes back second or third or fourth, however many sessions without really realizing it, they put pressure on themselves. Like I've, Oh, I've been here, done that. Like I right right off the bat, I should pretty much just hit the ground running. And really they're fresh out of like this shame cycle. It's probably got yeah. some name, but that paired with the pressure can create really not a great dynamic. And so that's, I know you do the same thing as I do. Don't think of it as what, you know, cause people ask me when we're on, how long do most people take? How long do most look, like, what should I plan for? What should I budget for? I'm like, I don't know, you know, well, I usually know their age. I don't know how long you plan to live, but don't view this as, <laughs> all right, this time frame is how long I'm going to be doing this for. Like what right. we're trying to help you do is literally rewire your default mode to where you're living totally differently. And yeah, then, you yeah, you may not, you know, keep the coach around for the accountability or the support, but you got to stay doing at least a very strong version of everything we're going to kind of teach and guide you through. Right. To become a different person, you have to be willing to become a different person. Yep. You know, if you want, you know, you were the person that was drinking and, and binge eating all weekend, every weekend. And you're like, wake up one day. You're like, I don't want to be that person anymore. Then you have to be ready to not be that person anymore not yeah. just for the next 10 weeks. I think, you know, the more I really, really try to drive that home, you know, with my clients, this isn't who, you know, practice these as not things you're doing, but who you are, you know, like, so, you know what you, I mean? You, you mentioned, um, I, I've told you, I've, I've really, really enjoyed, um, breaking into all of Peter Tia's stuff. He's his podcast. The oh, drive Peter, is yeah. amazing. His show notes are amazing. His mm -hmm. newsletter if you if you sign up for his newsletter, the initial five part series is like worth its weight in gold. So he talks yeah. about lifespan and health span, not just how long right. you're alive, but the quality of life during that uh, during that lifespan. He refers to right. that as the health span. It's it's right. the, the things like you said, the basic tasks that come to come with day to day living. Um, one right. of the episodes I'm going to have to find the the drive episode that I really want you to listen to, Carrie. Um, he's talking about resistance training, strength training. And I wish I could even remember who his guest was, but he's the subject matter expert in that. And he talks about how how 
strength levels in turn, but muscle mass um, declines drastically. Like he talks about yes. this five-year period, this 10-year period, it, it is, and I'm, I'm going to misquote it. So I'm throwing out there that I don't remember. It's either 60, 65, or 70. And it's mm -hmm. like marginal drop, marginal drop, marginal drop. But at that age, the drop is absolutely Huge. It's like precipitous. Yeah. It's, it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. And so his advice is picture it's going to drop from wherever your baseline was. So you have got to live leading up to that age in a way that gets your baseline levels. Like don't shoot the arrow, like in a rainbow arch, shoot the arrow right. straight up, get it straight as high up. as possible because it's going to yep. start dropping. And yeah. So and, and then what you should be doing when it does start dropping is you have to do your best to retain what you right. have because and your hormone levels are going to drop your testosterone is going to yeah. drop you know and those are some of the muscle you know those hormones are helpful in the synthesis and you know retention of 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 muscle tissue so you know if you don't let's say you shoot the arrow straight up and you know you got a good base you have to maintain some of that base that right. might change you know i i think i've told you I've changed a bit in my routine. I do a lot more um, traditional, much more traditional bodybuilding and functional bodybuilding. So there's, there's elements of CrossFit in there. And there's also elements of, of just sheer torturous squat training and <laughs> yep. all that stuff, because I'm very aware of what happens every year, especially to uh, females be, and I only say, especially because we have always been just conditioned to be skinny. Um, and it's only in recent years that it's even become acceptable that women have more muscle on them or, and sometimes it still even isn't, you know, you still hear negative comments about women that have a muscular frame. The interesting um, part is that's usually coming from guys who don't take care yeah. of themselves. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. So you're the authority on self-care and body composition now, are you? Exactly. As you're on the couch. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, but but I mean, so I've just become much more aware of how much better, you know, speaking personally, I mean, I know it from the research as well, but speaking personally, how much better my body feels. I don't have any back pain. I don't have any joint pain. I don't have neck pain. And yes, I know how to hold myself and I do practice proper body mechanics and I do practice, you know, a lot of um, safer, uh, you know, safe lifting techniques and all that. But I also firmly attribute it to what I do in gym, the resistance yep. work I do, the, you know, the movement I do. One thing I have to get much better at is mobility work. That is my goal. Probably. All right, Mrs. Pilates, what gives? I know. You're putting yourself on blast here. Well, this is what I was telling you. I don't work at that clinic anymore. Mm. So I am now, and this is just an interesting little uh, piece of my job that I was starting to get into, but I am responsible for the mobility in, you know, three major hospitals in this area, a big health system. But, um, and, and, and that is my job. My job is to push them to move the patients more because even in this, even in the ICU, the research is astounding on what movement does for those people, how much better, how much quicker they get yeah. better yeah. with just sitting up, standing up, getting in a chair, taking a couple steps versus leaving them in the bed because, you know, he didn't sleep well last night or 
you know, he doesn't feel good. No, get up, get up. That's why they're agitated. That's where delirium comes from. Like that's how much your body was meant to move. That's how much it literally rejects. I'll give you a super extreme example and it's not going to translate into, into the crowd you're talking about. But when I, um, 20 winter of 2015, I think I've told you about it. Zooming, zooming to the end. I ended up in the hospital with pneumonia. I was in there for almost a week. Um, I was going absolutely stir crazy. Emma was pregnant with Gunner. It was the week between Christmas and new year's. Um, and it was, it 100% showed me how pneumonia is a very, very um, large cause of death. Like number numbers wise, it was, yeah. it like if I would have died, yeah, it would have made based on how I was feeling. I was yep. not in, I was not in a good place. It no, took it's me. Terrible. Um, they had me blow into that thing to measure like my lung, barometer. this yep. barometer. Um, the first time I did it, the thing barely moved, and I cried like a baby. It hurt so bad, um, yep. like absolute, just total pain. Everything hurt. It took about a day, maybe two days of. I guess the proper meds or whatever, to the point where I could actually like function without wanting to cry mm-hmm. every time I tried to take a breath. Right. On toward the end of day two, I asked, like I was hooked up to the, whatever it was. I asked, Hey, can I grab this cart? Like I'm still crazy. I can't just lay yeah. around my back. Can I walk? And I like they, you know, it was a tiny little hospital in West Virginia by the spot we always go to. And so it was a lap did not take me very long, but I kept leisurely strolling by the nurse station with my little cart pulling my IVs or whatever they were and it became like a joke because I was just passing them so frequently and I wasn't walking fast but I was walking um and eventually one of the doctors came in and they said you know pneumonia at a certain age range in a certain body of health like you come in with the level of pneumonia you had like my left left lung was like 98 percent like it was bad yeah you're not coming out yeah they said for certain people like Yep. They lie in that bed and they leave in a very different way. Like right. what you're doing right now, I had no idea, but he explained yep. how the fluid in the lungs walking, just those little reverberations. So he and said, so like, if, if you think about that though, your body's designed to be this way upright. Mm-hmm. Right. And everything, that's why I'm always fascinated, like super fascinated. My clients tell you to with evolution and how the human body evolved like you and I are here today because your ancestors were like the baddest badasses there were, <laughs> or we would not be here. You and I would not have made it this far. Yeah. So like your ancestors were superior. Yep. So, you know, the fact that, you know, we get the chance to honor that by thinking about exactly what your body was made to do is is a really mind-blowing kind of thought um but you know and certainly we're living a lot longer that argument could be made but we're not getting killed by lions and things anymore either we're not starving that's for sure so well it's interesting how we're we're living longer everything is convenient but the very things that we've worked so hard to create for ourselves are now killing us we're not you know we're under consuming the the, the, the (laughs) sitting factors the anxiety the technology that causes depression anxiety i mean i'm as guilty as anybody else i mean i'm obviously part of my work life is is via of of technology so you know i'm grateful for it but when i'm not i can't tell you i hardly ever watch tv i do not netflix and chill much i mean it's like a i just don't i just don't do it it's like my enough of my life is on a screen I don't really care to do that all that much. Yeah. Um, but I know you were just talking about Atia 
and I love him and I love Huberman. I love their, and they, they did a podcast together. And this is just one thing, one thing I did want to touch on for any of you women my age. And I, I, I get a lot of clients that are my age or have, you know, menopausal symptoms and, you know, from somebody who is postmenopausal, me, um, Peter, he, he touches on and I am actively taking hormone replacement therapy. And I would encourage any of you women out there to talk to your physician because the research has completely changed. Yep. Most of the research that was done was based on a hugely flawed study from the late 90s, but the media never gave you the flaws in it. They were they were done with way postmenopausal women 10 to 15 years past, which was too late. You know, the the the, the huge body of evidence is between women, you know, in the earlier years of, you know, between 50 and 60. Um and, and how beneficial it is not only for cardiovascular health, but um, osteoporosis and obviously the other vasomotor symptoms like hot flashes and things like that. But um, I'm telling you, like, and I know there's a lot of, you know, sphere out there, but do your homework, do your research, trust your doctor. My doctor is a researcher and gave me all the stats on it. I was a little hesitant myself until I learned about it. And then when I heard Atiyah's podcast, he calls it the biggest medical mistake of the 20th century. That's what a disservice to women, not replacing it was. Yeah. All the women that's for the last 20 years have not sought out that kind of, um, not just relief, but I mean, since I've been on about a year now, I feel like I'm 30. Yeah. Like literally everything that was going away came back. So to, to sometimes we, we start talking about things and I try to like add context or add. Um, so listeners that aren't like, as like geeked out over this stuff as we are, the two <laughs> things, the two things that I hear from ladies the most often when, I, when I encourage them to get into resistance training or strength training, you know, we, we need, if not build muscle, we need to keep all the muscle right. on you that we possibly, and I explained to them, That's it. your BMR won't run higher, bone, like all, all of the, all of the pluses, you'd be able to die on more and, and make the same right. progress versus, Correct. so all these things. Um, the two biggest fears that they usually give me is I don't want to get big and bulky. Um, not a thing. You well, I guess, my yeah, favorite, that, I mean, that is the biggest my favorite fear. analogy for that is that's like saying when you get your driver's license, you're going to be Mario Andretti. Yeah. Like if any, for anybody who doesn't remember Mario Andretti, like one of the best what NASCAR Formula, yeah, racers yeah. or was he Formula One? He did it. I mean he did an indie for yeah. He yeah. He, so he, whatever he did, he was a legend. And you know, you don't get in your car and learn to drive for the first time and become him. So no. like it's not even I And for a, guys, I mean my lifelong pursuit is to look like Thor. I work out six days a week. <laughs> I really work like I'm very strong for my stats. I do not look like Thor. I will never every look like guys, Thor. Every guy's I feel like every guy wants to look like Thor. Interesting, and fun tidbit. Go watch Limitless with Chris Hemsworth and Peter Atia. I know you don't watch TV, six-part series. He talks know, about the burden. That's, that's on my list. He talks about the list. burden of becoming Thor and how eager he was to no longer live in that body as soon as as soon as filming wrapped. As soon as he got Yeah. Really I mean, interesting perspective. It, it, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, that was just kind of something I wanted to shoot out there because, and and I am not a doctor and I am not an expert in that. I can only give you my personal experience. And 
give you some of the research. I mean, there's a wonderful um, paper on it from the NIH, which is very worthwhile. Uh, the National Institute of Health, a very worthwhile source to get information from. And they will tell you, you know, the complicated, it's called something like the complicated history of, you know, HRT and women, something along that line. And it's really fascinating. They give you, you know, the problems of it in the 60s and 70s when it was just straight estrogen and they didn't have any progesterone in there yep. and then they're like oh that's the problem so they started putting the progesterone in things got good and then that study came out in fear yep. based on you know media not really presenting it as accurately as it should have been or for yep. geeks, geeks like us that would appreciate the subtle nuances of why a study is good or a study is bad but you know after doing that research and speaking with my own doctor um and, but I encounter so many women who are still afraid of it. Yeah. I mean, almost all women my age are still afraid of it. The, so the thing you, the thing that can be a little bit frustrating is they keep moving the ranges. So one, they they water down the ranges based on our stats on the whole or based on what insurance will or will not pay for, right? Yeah. They, they move the medically acceptable ranges. It, it doesn't take much research to figure out medically acceptable, AKA what they can bill your insurance for, and then actually optimal for, for feeling good and being healthy. Well, for Those me, are... in my case, in my case, it's just for most women, it's either a patch or a pill. Yep. So my most of our insurances do cover some version of it. Yep. You have to then do your homework to see which is the more expensive versus the better choice for you, which it took me a hot minute to figure that out. But since I have, I mean, like everything has returned. So I would encourage all women in that age range, premenopausal, perimenopausal, postmenopausal, do your homework on it. Talk to your doctor. I'm pretty sure most doctors are on the same page, whereas it, the research does not indicate risks in uh, any kind of um you know, some significant form of breast cancer. And if anything has more cardiovascular benefits, osteoporotic be uh, porosis benefits, um, the benefits far outweigh um, any of the rest and helps, you know, those kind of hormones staying active um, does help you build and maintain, continue to build and maintain muscle. I mean, you know, as well as I do, you can put an 80 year old on a weight training program and they can still build muscle. It's not yep. over. Yep. So you're never too old to start a resistance program and start at the bottom. You could start with air squats. That's resistance work. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have, yeah. You don't have to have a barbell on your back or hold dumbbells nope. by your sides, literally body nope. weight exercises. Right. And it's very much lacking. Still, most women are concerned with how much they burn cardio, cardio, cardio. And really where it's at is, as we know from Dean, walking and resistance work. That it's is where it's that's at. It. That's it. Yeah. Don't don't be the sedentary person that does three hit classes a week for 30 minutes each and is right. otherwise sedentary all day long. And, and don't get me wrong. The, you know, cardiovascular work has a place. I yep. mean, you do need it or the cells don't function properly, but it, to make it your mantra, you know, seven days a week and, and you're not happy unless you're running five miles like a nut. And then, you know, you have I to or doing a hit work. I'm a nut care. Well, I, my, my knees are no you longer. You know what? I am too. I am too. But just what I mean is I've lost the, I have to be on the floor rolling around or it wasn't a workout right. mantra. There's yep. all different forms. I get a couple of hit higher hit, like cardiovascular workouts in a week, but nowhere like near I used to. And sometimes it's just a really brisk walk uphill with my rock. Yeah. 
Um, that's going to build my heart rate up too. For anyone interested, I mean, again, I, I should have. So Peter Atia is a very credible, legitimate MD. He's considered like world renowned. He's yep. he's in, in every resource and publication ever. He's a longevity doctor. Yeah. Um, he he. They just went through zone two training, basically the different zones and where you should would. If you research, you know, zone two is really where you should live most of your training. Right. Um, no more than 5% a week is what he uh, recommended for anything above zone four. So like that right. red and line very, range. Very concentrated, very concentrated yes. with, a, with, purpose, with a short yeah. period of, with purpose and a short finite period of time. Yep. Um, also interesting. And then I'll shut up. Uh, the Les Mills classes, um, like Les Mills spin, whatever, yeah. what, or RPM, I think is what they call like their proprietary cycling classes. They have a new one called rpm sprint my my gym offers it and i got one it was only 30 minutes and i thought oh that's cool less of a you know it's not 60 minutes it's only half the time and when you click the the class description they cite a few different studies that show do not come to our regular spin class every week it will be counterproductive yeah. and they, they cite the study two or three times a week doing this 30 minute class in the context of an otherwise, right. you know, doing all the other things, they say, this is really what you need. It's diminishing returns to show up five days a week for diminishing returns. That's a great concept because people don't get that. You're no. not doing what you think you're doing by going. And we didn't either. We were kind no. of those people. Like yes. but once, you know, you, you once know, you know, and, well, when, yeah. when you know, when you know better, you do better. Mm -hmm. Right. That's why you don't beat yourself up for what you did in the past. When you know better, you do better. All right. This will probably end up being like a first of a series because I know I get questions on things like bone density from my mm -hmm. ladies all of the time. So if if you will come back, um, I, we, we will um, really what we should do is poll and and just put some questions. What can we, yeah. you know, do like a little series uh, all about this Love sort to. of stuff. But this was yep. good. I applaud you for walking at 11 miles per hour on your treadmill. You have not had to catch your breath one time. I'm going turtle pace over here. People people um, would believe that. And people, anybody that listens to this and knows me is like, no, she might be. What, no, can actually, you, can, can you peek under your desk and, and see your, because we have the same treadmill. I bought the same one that you do. Oh, you did? Yeah. What yeah. What, what pace are you going? Because I'm like legitimate, one, like I'm joking, but I'm also very impressed because I can see your shoulders moving. I know you're booking 1.7 on that. Really? Yeah. I think mine is calibration. Can... I'm at 1.6. I'm not buying it. You're not, you're not three foot six. What is going on here? <laughs> I don't know. I just, I don't, I probably don't have as long a stride as you. So I'm like taking shorter strides. I will say I'm very aware of like my gait these days because my knees have told me that I need to be. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's a little bit more oh, slow. Well, in one of our series, we'll talk all knees. We'll talk all things knees. Yeah. I mean, I we'll think- We'll talk about think... knees over toes guy, and we'll talk about all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That'll be cool. Th this was a really good start. And I think it was like super, super, super information packed. Resistance training is a good thing. Um, HRT, look into it. So many reasons. Do not, there is, yeah, exactly. You need it. You are replacing something that your body is no longer doing how it used to do optimally for you. Um, right. awesome. Thank you, Carrie. You're welcome. We did. We did. I know this is going to open uh, a huge can of a lot of worms. So we'll definitely come back and touch on things and, and elaborate <laughs> more. So Feel this... free to ask any questions. There we go. Carrie McHale, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> thank I'll you, be Carrie. here all week. <laughs> all right. All right, so that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to Fed Up from Falcon Nutrition. We hope you learned a thing or two, or at worst, had a little fun with us. 
Please make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with our most recent episodes and make sure you hit us up if we can answer any questions for you. Talk to you next time.